and Brittle Brian, I hope you're wrapped up in cotton wool, darling. You'd better not be out there clam digging. Bloody clam digging. Ladies, gentlemen, and bees, what's going on? This is the Eat Sleep Only Review Podcast, your weekly AW review. And big dumb this is the newest podcast on the scene that you need to see, brother. Anyway, so, um. <laughs> the fucking running. No. The fucking. <laughs> Hulkster had to steal the intro there for a second, brother. That might have been cringe, but you know what? If you come to this podcast, you know exactly what to expect from me. So, um. That being said, uh, I'm Duke of Derbs, also known as Bane Duke, also known as the Digital Fandom, also known as the Neon Hammer, whatever the fuck. I've come up with like 15 different aliases for myself at this point. At this point, if I needed to go into hiding, I have like several identities that I could take up. It's great. Um, But, um, and I could literally have a different job for all of them. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast where the government doesn't come after me. But anyway. um, Evangelist of the imagination. Fuck. (laughs) Anyway, so there was some pretty crazy shit that we had to talk about this week. Hopefully this isn't as like I, – I I don't know, Charlie. What is the verdict? Have people been listening to the super long dick podcast lately or like hey, – Hey, what's hey. the People stick through them. They dig at, them. The, at, listen, if you've been enjoying us, our, our, our nauseating length, which would be our porn names obviously, um, you know, uh, then <laughs> – then, <laughs> I think I, I forget who I stole that joke from. That's, that's a good joke. Anyway, um, but, you yeah, know, we, we have uh, some New Japan to talk about. Um, Will Ospreay had his last match in New Japan. Okada is apparently on the way to AEW. We've heard that a couple of times since the news that he was going to be leaving broke. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what – I mean, I know it was from Fightful this time, I want to say. So, but, I mean, you know, people have been wrong in the past, including Fightful. You know what I mean? Um uh, the AEW Tag Team Championship. Uh, we have we have new AEW Tag Team Champions uh, in Darby Allen and Sting, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Ring of Honor Dynamite Rampage Collision. You know the deal. Um, and before we get out of the you know into the favorites, what I want to talk about is whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on. Make sure you follow in or subscribe so you get this podcast in your feed every week, so you never miss a single episode. Um, and it'll usually be out pretty consistently. I think Charlie. We haven't talked about it yet, but one of the things we said was the football season is over now, so I assume we're going to get back to a more regular upload schedule, which we'll update everybody on as that changes, obviously. Um, follow us at Eat Sleep Elite for updates on that. Um, Definitely. But, and also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E-A. That's uh, at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A for Charlie. And uh, yeah, other than that, though, we're, we'll get into favorites. And for me first, I don't even have to pull up my notes for this one because I can talk about this match literally all day. It's a fun match, but I won't spend that much time on it. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus uh, Orange Cassidy for the AEW International Championship. Have we had this match before? In my head, for some reason, I feel like we've had this match before. Maybe they, it wasn't for the title. We've had a face-off before, but I don't think we've had the 1v1 match. Yeah, it might have been in like some like best friends and some people from something, Chaos yeah. versus some New Japan people or some something like that. But... um. Because, you know, obviously they always try to get the people involved at Forbidden Door. But uh, I'm glad we got this match because it was fun. Obviously, you had the hard-hitting, just like beastly nature of the Stone Pitbull, you know. And Orange Cassidy to Orange Cassidy and selling his fucking ass off. Which I think, I mean, we were we did something we haven't done in like a few weeks with everybody. Which is we actually watched Collision together this week. 
um and we i believe so right yeah and yeah. um and uh when we were watching this match it was just like spot after spot of just cassidy just selling his ass off that was the thing i was talking about the most when i was watching it with you and and actually ishii sold a lot too which i don't know if you see all that much in new japan which tells you that he has a lot of respect for cassidy you know um and you know there was oh there's one moment we have to talk about which is Cassie does this delayed knockout sell on some of his matches, like some of the bigger matches, like this one. And it's just perfect. I don't know why. It just feels like it slots so perfectly into the match. And didn't Adam Cole do that in an NXT match? Or am I blanking? Somebody did that, right? Like in an Adam Cole match that, once. One of the iconic ones was Omega and Okada when Okada went that's for the, uh, the Rainmaker and, and Omega just fainted. Yeah. It, it's that's... just, it's. I still is that the one that Kenny ended up winning? Winner. Is that the one Kenny ended up winning or whatever? It might have been. It might have been. So that was, I think, the spot that set it up. But anyway, the point is, like, I this was just, like, hard-hitting and really fun. There, there was this insane pile driver spot. Oh, my God. Ishii's sell on the orange punch was also gnarly as hell. Perfect. Like this, this was just a super fun match. Like, Charlie, what were you thinking about this match? Because I know I had a blast watching this one. I know this was a great way to end, like, the week of AEW wrestling on before we got into the New Japan stuff later. Because we actually we didn't end up watching it in real time. We, we had to yeah. it later. But, you know, yeah, like... Um, I, I thought this match was actually really, really well done. And, um, you know, we're, it's weird. If you guys have been following our show for a while, you know how much we love the first Orange Cassidy title reign. But yet this one's just kind of felt like, you know, we're 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 maybe moving at half speed or however you want to describe it. I feel like this the second reign just doesn't have the juice that the first one did. And it's a match like this that oh, I'm like, imagine juice is the one to take the title off of him. Oh. Yeah, it would be would been would be nice. Uh, I, it's a match like this that I think we just really got we're, we're back on track and you know, one of the benefits of us doing the show later in the week is uh, at the end of the do- show, we're, we do a little preview of what's happening this upcoming week. And on Dynamite this week, he's facing Matt Taven in a Texas death match for this title. So it's like, you know, Orange is, Wait, Orange is kind what? of back what? on track to just... What? Uh, yeah. Orange is back on track to just putting on awesome matches week after week. Have we seen Orange in a Texas death match yet? I don't know, but they're in Texas, so fuck it. I guess is the is the motto there, and um, that's yeah. I, I I gotta tell you, I I really enjoyed this match, and um, you know, I was I was reading kind of some people's thoughts about this, and one of the things someone mentioned was Ishii was a longtime rival of Katsuyori Shibata, and Orange Cassidy did many things in this match that resembled what Shibata did to him. Including like a hesitation drop kick, and it's little things like that when when we're always like you know, Orange Cassidy truly studies the art and and he he understands oh, the game. He, he's so slept on. He's one. He's like he a is. top five professional wrestler in the world, and people like, just I don't realize that. It. I, I was never. I wasn't into Japan when when that happened, and it's just like he studies everything. Obviously, like he knows he knows his shit. Like it's one thing I love about Orange Cassidy. It's like that's why I say he gets slept on because he is genuinely one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. Like at least top ten. I say top five personally for me, but like it could, he's got to be in the top ten. I don't know how he doesn't make it higher on lists. Like. He's genuinely like, I think he has something that if it was actually like given some legs to actually be on television for like a significant period of time, not just him like silently going about his business, but like actually explaining his mindset about wrestling and life, you know, like oh, just like he, how it worked with Brian totally Danielson, you know? It. Yeah. 
I think I think he could totally make something work. They they threatened to do it a little bit ago, remember? Because he kept started talking about how it didn't really feel the same anymore. And he cared so all of a sudden. Like we haven't really seen the results of him caring now. You know what I mean? Like so, we'll, we'll we put that on pause because other stories were happening. But I wonder when we see that resolve. But that being said, Charlie, what were you really feeling this week? Unless you had anything more to add about this match? No, yeah, just another good collision main event, and uh, it's our third collision main event that's a favorite of the year. So. Collision main events are starting off hot for us, which, again... I wonder, should we award, like, a show of the year at the end of the year? Like, this is not unofficial, but, like, the, the one that wins the most favorites, like, that show is, like, the show of the year, technically, because it had the most I consistent content for us. Like, Yeah, so... It could be different um, for both of us, too. Like, we could have one for each of us and then one for both of us combined. Like, that could be interesting to see. And if, some, and if someone's wondering what the hell we're talking about right now, uh, we keep, we're keep this year we're keeping track of our favorites. And we're going to have a little – it'll be kind of fun at the end of the year to really Wrestler of the year by that standard it. right now, Buddy Matthews. So shout out Buddy to fucking Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews has the most favorites right now. So like, like I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I honestly would have guessed Darby Allen. I think he's only had one. So – but spoiler alert, he's staying at one. Um, you know, no, that was a great match. But uh, the favorite this week for me is Swerve Strickland, Hangman Adam Page. This was winner faces Samoa Joe at the pay-per-view. This went to a time limit draw. This is, I believe, the sixth time limit draw in AEW history. I mean, come on. This was unfucking believable. And I, I don't know how other people feel about this feud. I they know truly how you and I found feel. a match that they did not have any other way to yeah. end. Besides, yeah. it's like this and 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 the one we the other one we've seen since Danielson's been here, which is Danielson versus um, Omega, the first one. Yep. Um, I mean, not that we've had a second one, but the or did we run that back after the? No, yeah, like I have the not first run it one. back. Yeah, the first one. Um, that one. They both had the same thing, which is who do you have win? Neither of them should win because they both should be top guys, right? They should be able to go off and do their own things and be separate until they actually decide to have that match again, right? And instead, we'll we'll talk about what happens after the match. But I mean, like that, this is like on paper, like a match that neither of the guys should lose. And so they just had neither of them lose. And I don't think everybody, they booed in the crowd at the time. Cause obviously the crowd, when they're live there, doesn't ever like to not have a finish. Yeah, they, they want a little more time. And, and, and something that happened here, which I think we're going to see play out is these motherfuckers pulled off a successful double turn. Yes. And, 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 and I've been on here. I've said before, I, hangman Adam page, I, I, I'm perfectly okay if he's the company yeah. babyface. You didn't want him to be a heel, is what you're saying. Let but me if just you're going to pull up. him in a heel turn, and you do it like this in a successful double turn, now, it's not officially confirmed he's a heel. He could come out on Wednesday and be like, yeah, I just hate Swerve, so he got a little, he got the dark side of me. Sure. But I think this is a heel turn, and it, it was fucking perfect. The match, during the match... Hangman starts wrestling like a heel. Hangman's doing dirty shit. Swerve is so under his skin that Hangman just wants to fucking kill him. And he hates him. And Swerve didn't beat him in this match. I'm telling you, a heel hung Bucks United right now could be really good with the faction where we're setting up. You know what I mean? Like, And I <laughs> just... If we're having a faction war, we need to have Adam Copeland to have a faction, bro. Like, what is this? Why do we not have it already? Patriarchy. Fuck it. Join him. It's time. No. Um, Damn it. No, but it's – I don't know what the consensus is on this rivalry, but I I know you and I 
have been just eating everything up with it. And Oh, it's the best thing that's been in AEW for a while. We got another chapter in it here, and we're getting another chapter at the pay-per-view, and I just... It blows my it sucks mind. that neither of them are probably going to win the title, though. I had to say, like in my head, yeah, I think they're probably retaining. Maybe? I mean, they could. You don't think they would do one like, one rotation of title, Joe? Right? Come on. Uh, look, it's not everyone needs long reigns. Just like I don't think whoever wins this is going to have a long reign. I I think we're going to get like three or four AEW World Champions this year. I mean, I would I, that would be good because we've had like we had one last. I'm year. sick of <laughs> like, long reigns, and I, I I'm fucking tired of it, and I. We don't need a thousand day fucking championship reigns and, and MJF's went on too long and now it, it fucking hurt him in the long run. And it's just, we need, the world championship should always feel like it can go to someone else. And I, I, if, if Swerve is a baby face now, Prince Nana resurrecting him from the dead, doing the dance was, was How good incredible. was title reign, man? I was just thinking about that. That shit was crazy. <laughs> it was great. And then it just the last three months fucking it, it plagued it in the public's eyes and I I fucking hate that it did that. I know. Tony Schiavone stood up, he announced that the uh, post match there's two number one contenders. Page was furious. I don't Page, think this establishes this is a George president. Strickland was furious and Page was smiling. So that to me tells me the idea of, you know, hey, Samoa Joe, you better watch your ass, man. Like, you got the two baddest motherfuckers that hate each other coming after your title. Um, but no, I just I thought they told a really beautiful story here, and the fact that they pulled off a successful double turn is something that I didn't know how possible it is in wrestling today. Oh, it's, it's completely it's possible. So hard to, to set do. the circumstances up right. Like this was a story just where think about it. Wh- and how long have they set like this, this up? Swerve is the baby face, and he broke into this fucking dude's house. I mean, this is like five months, right? Like, like this is deep, and it's unreal. So, just any other notes you had on the match? This was and- a swerve that was beating the shit out of and leaving a, a, a Nick Wayne bloody like seven months ago or something. Not even that long ago, like. And he's a babyface now. Because even if Hangman's even if Hangman's not a heel, you can't treat Swerve as anything other than a babyface coming out of this because the crowd was cheering him almost more than they were Hangman in this match. It's insane. Like they were booing Hangman at one point. Yes, and they booed him when he when Swerve said five more minutes and and Hangman declined. I think that was the official <laughs> nail in the coffin of he's the heel now. The babyface yeah. agrees to that. Again, they could just be like you know. Tweeners at the same time, which which I'm fine with. I, I don't think you need to have straight down I mean, the middle. Joe's not really a baby face either, but I would yeah. like there to be one defined character in terms of like good or bad in this feud so that there's not just like three tweeners who all don't really like each other. Oh, yeah, and no, no. Samoa Joe's the heel. So he's a badass he, heel. Is yes. he a heel right now? He kind of. Dude, he fucking murdered Hook in front of his father. Yeah, but you'd do that. No, you'd do that. You'd do that to Taz. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, who raised this fucking heathen? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, really good stuff, guys. And I mean, again, I, I, I don't really know how much to describe the match itself. I mean, it starts off slow and then it gets really picked up. And again, they just it 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 goes to who tries to outsmart each other, and they both outsmarted each other to a point where it went to a draw. And I mean, we're talking one, two, ding, ding, ding. Swerve is ready to win, and he doesn't pull it off. So, yeah, really good stuff. Um, 
It's more so. I, th- I think another thing that plays into the whole babyface switch thing, for at least for Swerve, is he told Nana to go to the back, and he would have won yes. the match legitimately. You know what I mean? Like I saw some people saying, "Oh, are they going to switch them around?" No, 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 no. Swerve's not getting rid of Nana. No, no. That's, that's Nana will just happen. act like a babyface now. Exactly. They're a babyface. He get that that shit can get over so quickly. All they had to do is so change Swerve's face, like, and he just change Swerve's song a real a little bit so that it's a little bit more upbeat instead of. And but honestly, his song works exactly as is. It doesn't even need to be changed. Like you could just have <laughs> Nana keep doing what he's doing, and it's fucking over the same way. It's Nana's act is not something that requires the Swerve or even the rest of the Mogul Embassy to even all be on the same page, good or bad. Because I don't think Brian Cage is suddenly going to be a good guy. You know what I mean? Like exactly. And what I was pointing to was was with Stokely. Stokely's fucking hilarious, and he's a baby face. It doesn't matter. You can be. Yeah, he was just like you know, literally a week before. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then he just switched, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm with this." He's now managing two women that I think he's going to do a really good job of, of helping to elevate now because they tried to put him with Jade right originally, and it just didn't work. You know what I mean? And they tried to do something else with him a while ago, right? And again, it just didn't work. Like, but. This is actually working, and you just got to find stuff for people sometimes. Yeah. The the something else was the firm, and it just never really got rolled. Yeah, the firm didn't get off the ground because MJF just killed it probably backstage because he wanted to be on his own so he could have his title reign be legit, you know. Like, which I understand, it was the right move for him, but yeah, um, it sucked for probably for Big Bill and everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, so today we don't have an onslaught of news like we've had in recent weeks. It's much more of a tame week. That being said, let's jump right in, and we'll, we're, we're going to circle back to Dynamite and Collision uh, after we get through this news here. But first little uh, bit of news coming right off the press on Monday well, it comes to us from Dave Meltzer, who reported that Rocky Romero is now working in AEW's front office. He works for New Japan Pro Wrestling behind the scenes, helped bring CMLL and AEW together for their working relationship that formed last October. And he made sure to clarify. Just so people know, he's still working for New Japan. Uh, look, man, Rocky Romero is a very brilliant mind. He clearly has done great things. And being the one that's getting credited for orchestrating CMLL and AEW, dude, this is, this and, is the kind of mind I want. No, and John Moxley and other people have taken credit for it. it. It was him that got the New Japan relationship established. He's apparently just the guy. People talk about who the Forbidden Door is. It's Rocky fucking Romero, bro. Yeah. He's the current MLW middleweight champion. Like, <laughs> he held the NWA World World Historic Welterweight Championship in CMLL last year for all, the entire year. Like, he's just a cool guy. So, you know, why the fuck is the NWA Historic Welterweight Championship on loan to CMLL? What the fuck? Who knows? But hey, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it, we ball. Um, Okay. We got a report from Fightful Select on Sunday that reportedly Kazuchika Okada has already made up his mind between AEW and WWE. Uh, he is expected to sign with AEW following his departure from New Japan Pro Wrestling later this month, which we do have his last match. We'll get to in a minute. Um, Fightful has not confirmed that the contract has been signed. Said AEW has been confident they would sign Okada for several weeks and creative ideas have, quote, been tossed around. A deal between Okada and AW was effectively agreed to in the last couple of weeks. Now, um, we do have what Meltzer commented on this. Meltzer reported that everything we've been led up to believe for weeks is that it would be Okada's decision. We haven't gotten that confirmed past as of Wednesday. They were talking like he was coming, but the belief was that he had not signed yet, but was going to do so. One person with knowledge of the situation said that he hadn't heard of an official signing just yet, 
but they had heard it was a done deal. So it sounds like no one's they're waiting until the pen to paper has been put out. Like, like when Mercedes did about a month ago is we're, we're learning now. Mercedes has been on the payroll. So like she, she signed that bitch already a month ago. That's when people got super confident. We're like, yeah, she's not showing up in the fucking rumble. She's not doing this. She's AEW. Okada, the contract has not been inked yet. Sounds like he's on his way here. And uh, whether that's revolution, whether it's, you know, big business, which we'll get into when we're talking dynamite. Look, I, I, I've said this before. Bro, if they debuted them both on the same night, that would be the craziest be night in the history of professional. He's, he keeps saying it's going to change professional wrestling. So, like, that that could be what that, – that, that would be in my head what that would have to be. Like, Okada to AEW. So, let's, let's talk some Okada now. Because, and we're, we're – until he joins AEW, this will probably be the last time we really mention it in our news. So, let's just hop into it now. Um, what more can we say other than this guy is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling? New Japan did not, they they didn't play this smart with him leaving. They're not, they're not booking over, they're, they haven't, they didn't set up their next ace. They didn't plan for this last year. They shot themselves in the foot. Him going to AEW means he can still wrestle New Japan. He just won't wrestle in Japan. That's the biggest thing. Look, Jay White didn't work Forbidden Door, right? Maybe Jay White wanted to take a little time off from New Japan. Maybe Jay White shows up at this Forbidden Door. You know, a year and a half has passed. Will Ospreay, in his, Jay White too. In his big departure, five or whatever. has said, look, the idea that I can still work Japan, it's a, it makes me happy, but I need some time off. I think there's a lot there. And... um Look, Okada's not going to be easy to book, and I, I don't want to. I don't want everyone to be like, "Oh, what the hell do you possibly do with him?" Yeah, Takeshita is the easiest answer, and that can bide some time for a little bit. And no, not Takeshita, just because it's Japanese versus Japanese. It's a legit feud that people have been wanting. It's something Takeshita's brought up. It's something Don Callis mentioned. Remember. Don Callis' infamous promo I, with the I Alpha. I think in a lot of people's mind, it's the ultimate test for a Japanese wrestler. Yeah, if you and, and, hang and, with Okada, then you're legit. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in his inaugural promo with Takeshita as his guy, the fucking closing line was better than Okada. This has been teased. This isn't just, oh, well, we know why you want that match to happen. Sure, there'll be some people that say that, but it's more than just that. And... um. I think beyond Takeshi, guys, Okada is not going to be easy to book. And I, I, there's a part of me that's really worried. Like, yes, no, you oh just got to book him less than tw- like ten times. Like, a year, like, probably. oh my god, we're getting you know the probably- six big pay per views of AEW per year because there's what like eight pay per views now or something, or is it six? <sighs> yeah, I know it's it's the idea of oh my god, we're getting you know probably the best worker today, the most consistent worker today. He won't. Oh, work, you possibly like, think it's a nightmare? Year. But, Maybe he won't work like full gear and like I don't know. Double no, no, he's, he's got to work every pay per view. He, he's got to work them all. And, Maybe okay. And I think you just got to have him fucking either win this title this year, have him. Oh my god, who do you have, dude? Do you just straight up do Swerve versus Okada at Double or Nothing? Is that just what they're gonna do? Maybe Samoa Joe versus Okada. Are they just going mean, to straight run into the title? It? I, I think whatever you do, if he's debuting in Revolution, he has to be coming out after the world title match to be sending there. They're going to challenge the champion, basically. That's that's how you have to set that up because I don't think 
There's no there's no match with Orange Cassidy for the international title. You don't do that with Okada. That's a waste of what you can do with no, this, Okada. This is a guy that shows up and goes for this title right away. And the only way he doesn't is if you buy time in, in a feud, very, very high-profile feud. Maybe it's John Moxley. That's the high-profile Maybe it's John Moxley. You know who I think it could be? We haven't had that match yet. They've you know only been in be? You know who I think it could be? Because I think a lot of people would be upset by this, maybe. But I think this would be a great way to... Because, again, there's another person that's coming into AEW this year that we need to introduce. And that's Will Ospreay. And I don't yeah. know how you introduce the both of them to the crowd better than in a few with each other because they know each other so well already and there's history there and people want to see the match anyway run back in AEW. So why not? You could do that. You could. Um, again, he could he could program with Jay White. Um, I just I, I, I'm worried we're going to see him show up and, and he's going to wrestle the fucking butcher night one. And it's like, God damn it. He, he can't just. No, he, they Not can't yet. do that. He, we can't have Okada. We cannot have Okada in Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. Like, I I'm want fine it. I'm fine if Okada in eight months from now is wrestling a dynamite match against Kip Sabian and he beats him in five minutes. Sure. But at the beginning, you got to establish what we're going to do with him. And like the Continental Classic this year is going to be fucking ridiculous. I'm just throwing that out there now. Because Okada and Osprey will, Ospreay, will both wrestle that Okada, team. Brian Danielson. I'm um, positive it's going to be Orange Cassidy as well. Orange Cassidy. Maybe we'll get Takeshita in there. Like Takeshita, uh, Ray I, Phoenix. I, I think if you're not going to do any of the feuds we've named. Uh, Why wasn't again, Penta in the classic, by the way? What the hell? Just too much meat, too much, too much meat. Nah, you could have thrown, thrown Jay Lethal to the fucking scraps um, for that. Yeah, any any of the thoughts you have on the Okada thing? I mean, I know we've gone through a lot. Again, Okada versus Blackpool um, Combat Club could easily buy some time. Okada, Okada, yeah, I just, I, I, I think, I, and I, I just, I think the world title scene is probably where you put him right away. Even if he's not going to win. I mean, Okada doesn't have to win the world title I'll instantly. You. What about the rankings? Does Okada automatically become number one of who he is? This is something that we've talked about. No, because then it's bullshit. How do the rankings, rankings play into this? No, Okada I think Okada should be valued more than every single no, person in this company. You can't do Okada dark matches because you can't do that shit you did with the Dark Order. That's just lame. You know what I mean? Like, but what you could do is just have him win some matches for a while, kind of like how Takeshita had to win like several matches before he really got picked up by anybody. Like, which was stupid. He should have just been elevated to like at least the mid card immediately because how good he was. But you know, like, I don't think Okada should have to work his way up. But I think if he wins a few matches. I mean, what was it? It's only back when they had the rankings. It was usually only like one or two or three wins, and you if, in a row without taking a loss, and you usually get a title shot of some kind. So, yeah, I, I just don't want him facing Orange Cassidy for his title, it's, which it's, is what they want. I'm telling you, this is not going to be easy to do, and and I, I don't envy what they're going to have to do because no matter what he does. There's going to be people that fucking hate the now, That's why I say you have him fucking play the hits. Have him face Jay White. Have him face Will Ospreay. Have him face Brian Danielson. Have him face, I don't know, a litany of other people he's faced that are in the company right now. AEW, Okada lost. He lost today. Hey, you know who's a big-ass motherfucker now? Kyle Fletcher. He can face Okada now. He's got enough fucking bulk. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting the route they go. And, um, yeah. As you guys can tell, I mean, we just tossed 40 things at you, and I'm sure you're thinking well, in your head. versus Will Hobbs, that's it. I'm sure you're thinking in your head right now, listening, you're like, oh, you guys didn't even mention well, yeah, I did the Tony Khan thing. I booked Hobbs in a fucking match he can't win. God damn it. Yeah, see? 
uh, fuck it, Okada, Brian Cage. It's probably, god damn it, I hate I'm about to say this, it's probably going to be Jericho. And yeah, we're just going to have to live in that world. But, um, because they, they did not. Judas him. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on from that. It's probably our biggest news story of the day. Um, we got the AW rankings week two, which we were trying to guess last week when they might come out. I was thinking before Dynamite. It turns out they're actually smart. Post-collision is when the rankings are coming out. Um, in terms of movement, okay, the contenders for the men's champions. Two's tied at number one, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page. Three, Adam Copeland. Four, John Moxley. Five, Kanosuke Takeshita. So, Roderick Strong didn't have a match. And Kanosuke Takeshita beat Chris Jericho. Kanosuke Takeshita is now ranked five. Pretty good to me. Zero movement in the women's contenders. Tag team champions. Okay. Tag team champions are Sting and Darby Allen. Number one contenders, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Number two, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. Three, Top Flight. Four, Private Party. Five, FTR. Uh, the trios champions. Number one contenders, FTR and Daniel Garcia. Number two, Bullet Club Gold. Number three, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe. Number four, Blackpool Combat Club. Five, Dark Order. Uh, look, I think these rankings are much better than last week. Um, They make a little bit more sense well, to now, me. Now they have some fucking meat to them, you know what I mean? Yeah, now we're starting to, you know, Top Flight and Private Party, their, their mini program happening right now is affecting in the rankings. Takeshita picking up a, a win over a former AEW champion matters. And FTR and Daniel Garcia being on the hot streak they're on has mattered. So now they have the first claim, which I think inevitably means FTR and Daniel Garcia versus Bullet Club Gold, which is fucking incredible. Okay. But yeah, there's not much meat on the rankings we can really do. So so, so you think that they're just going to – that the FTR and Daniel Garcia are just going to like fucking gang, gang beat down and fucking rob them for their titles and then fucking Bullet Club Gold will be like, hey, those are our friends. No idea. So maybe. Fuck it. <laughs> you um, want to start a war with the Bang Bang Scissor Gang? <laughs> so. Well, I don't know what the fuck I just did. You know what two factions need to feud, right? When 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 Chuck is healed, we need we need best friends in chaos versus <laughs> uh <laughs> um, So that honestly, yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many people on both sides. Cassidy, that is a tri- I, I would have been fine if they won the fucking the trio belt off. Of I don't Jeff know why Johnny. they never did. It felt like it needed to happen. I thought I, they I would even be okay with him and Rapungi Vice winning it. Like, uh, why yeah. can't we have them? Like, we need somebody backstage, and maybe it needs to be Rocky Romero to just tell the people that, that when it's him and Chuck, or him and Chuck, him and him and uh, Trent teaming to just play the Rapungi Vice team. I know it's probably difficult to get New Japan to agree, but like, if anybody can, it's got to be Rocky, right? Like, he's got a good relationship there, like. So, uh, our last little bit of news here, we had some new New Japan stuff, which the, all three of these stories kind of tie into the one. So, New Japan beginning in Osaka, uh, Toriyano and Yo defeated Bolton Oleg and Ryusuke Taguchi. Bishamon defeated United Empire, which was the tag team of Callum Newman and Great Okan. Again, Callum Newman is a heavyweight now. They're not going the junior route, which I think is a really good call. If you guys haven't seen Callum Newman before, and uh, maybe you watch NXT. He reminds me a lot of Nathan Frazier. He's very, very fast. He's all about speed. And the kid can fucking work. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this year. House of Torture defeated El Desperado, Shota Umino, Tiger Mask, and to- Tomoaki Hama. Just Five Guys defeated LIJ. Yes, that feud is still going. 
Okada defeated Tanahashi. It was emotional. Um, Okada chants were fucking loud. IWGP Tag Team Championships. Bullet Club. Chase Owens and Kenta. Chase Owens and Kenta. Chase Owens and Kenta. Your new tag team champions defeated El Fantasmo and Haikuleo. Huh? Huh. Um, that is not a mistype. Everyone said the match sucked. Huh? I went and watched it. Holy fuck, that match sucked. Huh? Yo, these tag team titles are dead. Um, Chase Owens is an awesome guy. And hey, remember I, when Aussie Open had those titles? Remember when Aussie Open were those champions and they just let their contracts expire? That was crazy. Unbelievable. And then we had the match. Which, funny enough, you and I actually watched right before doing this show. Zack Sabre Jr., Brian Danielson. The second match. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Brian Danielson. I think my soul left my body while watching this match. It was perfect. Um, I, I'd been reading some hype this week. Because I knew, I knew that you and I, I knew I wanted to watch this with you. And um, I can't believe how good this was. And technical wrestling and just the story that these guys told within this ring was fucking beautiful. And guys, if there's not a single New Japan match you've ever watched... I know if you're watching the show, you like Brian Danielson. Do yourself a favor. Just do yourself a favor. This was Brian Danielson at his best. And yet he was getting outworked in many moments by Zack Sabre Jr. Because Zach, this was Zack Sabre Jr. at his best. And there's many moments where Brian Danielson's outworking him. And they're one-upping each other. Whether it's striking, working of the leg, breaking of the ankles, kicking in the fucking head, breaking their spine. There's a fucking sequence when Danielson jumps off the top rope because he's so desperate and, and what Zach does to him and the fucking maneuver he puts on him. It's, it's, it's the pro wrestling art at its finest. And that's the best way I could put it. Um, Zach wins in the post-match, which kind of ties into the next thing I was going to talk about. In the post-match, Danielson challenged Zach Sabre to a two out of three falls match. And he said the best technical... Danielson quote said, the best technical wrestler in the world, it's not me anymore. It's Zack Sabre Jr. I hope the Japanese fans appreciate every time we get to see him. Is there a better way you could put someone So he over? passed the torch, literally. He passed the torch. And it's I couldn't Zach. think of a better match to ever pass the torch on. And you know what, Charlie? I think after watching this match today, I think I agree with him. I think Zack has surpassed him. Uh, but yeah. that doesn't mean that Brian Danielson isn't still the current best wrestler alive. Oh, sure, sure. I, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And um, just what are some of your thoughts on the match? And and is this hopefully so, a so sign if, of if we're Zach talking top this year. technical wrestlers of all time? Bret Hart's probably number one in a lot of people's minds, right? Then Brian Danielson, then probably Zach at this point, right? Like that's probably how it breaks down. Probably right. Like I mean, because a lot more people have seen these guys than they've seen like the Billy Robinsons of the world. You know, there are other guys that were technical wizards. Your Fit Finleys, your William William Regal might be the most well known technician of all time. I mean, you know, uh, Brian maybe now, but before Brian, it was definitely William Regal. You know, yeah. So it's it's pretty fucking nuts, and um, 
it sounds like post match Saber wants the title which the, the new Japan world title he wants to take that into his next match with with Brian no 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 yeah the the he he's calling out the winner of Sonata and Naito if they do that match at Windy City I'm not kidding you that this show is already selling be- like fucking better than AEW shows if they run that match at Windy City dude and we get new a new Japan you know, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Zack Sabre Jr.? Forget about it. I'd have Sabre hold it, and you, that's when you can fucking do, you know, let him hold it through the G1. It's time, man. It's time. He wants to be in New Japan. You need people that everyone recognizes. This guy just fucking beat Danielson. It was incredible. It was truly remarkable. And... You might think to yourself, how the fuck do you follow that match? I mean, is that is this the biggest win of uh, of his career, do you think? I'm going to say, I think it is because you got to take the post-match comments into effect. Okay. Brian Danielson just passed the torch to him, dude. In, in Brian Danielson's last year of his full-time career, he's going to still wrestle in 2025, bearing catastrophic you know injury or something. He, this is his last year as a full-time wrestler. And Brian Danielson just passed the torch. This is the biggest win. And, and Zack Sabre's going to beat him in the two out of three falls match. And I, I I think us as the people that win the most here are the fans. I mean, genuinely. Oh, 100%. I, I know that might sound corny and stupid, but it's fucking true. Because if you're a fan of this guy's work, I, I mean... People like Okada, Osprey, Jay White, all these guys leaving, it, it's a good thing for you if you're a fan of this work. Because this means we're going to see Sabre in the main event. And this wasn't even the main event of the show. New Japan's trying everything. They, they're seeing what works. So they run a fucking Steel Cage War Games type match with Bullet Club War Dogs, which is Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, David Finley, Drilla Maloney, and Gabe Kidd versus United Empire, Francesco Akira. Hanare, Jeff Cobb, TJP, Will Ospreay. This was 65 minutes. It was absolute fucking carnage. Some of the coolest spots I'm going to remember for the rest of my life were in this match. And, um... Yeah, they made AW Blood and Guts look like a fucking like, kid's carnival. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, somehow. Yeah. I don't know how they managed to do that. It... Ah, oh, God. Kenny got it, got put on a bed of nails this year, and I this match was way more extreme than that. Like... There was a Hanare spot involving a chair that I I will never forget. And I I just, I can't believe. Guys, Gabe Kidd, I know you might have seen people hyping him up. He's got it. He seriously has the fucking sauce. The Bullet Club War Dogs, I was just telling you this. Bullet Club War Dogs are my favorite, my second favorite iteration of Bullet Club ever. And I am one of those people, yeah, Bullet Club is what made me get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's what made me check it out. It, it caught my eye. I So, it's like, holy shit, man. The War Dogs are fucking awesome. Every single person in this match comes out looking like a bigger star. Will Ospreay seemingly did a little handle of the torch to Callum Newman in this match, which we know they have a close relationship. Still no word on who is going to lead United Empire now. Is it still going to be Will in AEW? I doubt it. But 
Yeah, just um. Yeah, when there's Jay not left, much we could say about this yeah, match. So Jay was in incredible. Bullet Club. So Bullet Club's historically a faction that if you're leaving or if you're not staying, like they're gonna, you're not like staying with the with the faction. Even though he did have, does have a Bullet Club in AEW. What I'm interested in is because a faction like United Empire, there are members of United Empire in AEW. So it's like, I, you know what I mean? Like they haven't yeah. been like cut off from it. Now he did join up with Don Callis, but that doesn't mean that they were cut off. You know what I mean? Like. They still wear the same color gear, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I mean, unless they decide to wear different color gear when when he comes back, it's but gonna I mean, be pretty interesting to see. And um, God, it was it was a lot of fun, and I, I would highly recommend watching that match as well. And the single two just fucking awesome matches back to back. They delivered to say the least. So, yeah. Um, we finally have word on Okada's last match. Okada's New Japan Pro Wrestling farewell match will take place Saturday, uh, February 24th. New Japan Pro Wrestling, new beginning in Sapporo. Okada's last match will be a 10-man tag. It will be Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb, Great Khan, Hanare, Francesco Akira, and Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle teaming with all the United Empire guys. Seems like something worth note. I believe Tomatonga's farewell match is also on that Will show. Will Ospreay taking over United Empire would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Matt Will Ospreay. Riddle. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're also running Gorillas of Destiny versus Gorillas of Destiny on that show. Um, Sonata, uh, Naito defends against Sonata. Hair versus Hair, Yoda Suji versus Yuya Uemura. Yoda better not lose that fucking hair. Shingo Takagi versus bro. Tai Chi. It's all he fucking has. Have you seen what he looked like without the hair? <laughs> Hiromu Taka- Takahashi versus Doki. Bushi versus Taka Michinoku. Nick Nemeth and Ryusuke Taguchi versus David Finley and Ghetto. I mean, dude. Really, really cool stuff. And the night before is the uh, new beginning in Sapporo on the 23rd. You have David Finley defending against Nick Nemeth. Tanahashi defending against Matt Riddle. Evil defending against Shota Umino. El Desperado defending against Sho. Mayu Iwatani defending against Mina Shirakawa. And then uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is wrestling Yuji Nagata that show. So, yeah. Um, massive stuff, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, if, if people like it, I'm sure we're going to be just checking it out in general. So, you know, uh, more power to you. But... That being said, it's time to get to our uh, the, the meat of our show, if you will, where we're going to run through the results. So Duke's going to take you here, and we're jumping straight into Ring of Honor this week, where, uh, you know, Ring of 50th, 50th episode tonight in the post-Tony uh, Khan era. So go ahead and take it away here. And Ring of Khan, <laughs> Ring of Khan number 50, opening up with the work horsemen taking on some jobberinos. Um, Yeah, I mean... Fuck, man. Just don't get my hopes up for this fucking workhorseman team if you're just going to dash them again, Tony Khan. Please, just actually make them a legit team and, like, fuck. Have them, like, be, like, in, like, a 20-minute competitive match with fucking the champs. Like, don't don't just, like, feed them to them, please. Anyway, um, we had a backstage segment where Dalton was trying to cover for the fact that he didn't actually have any friends to, to come in and be in this match. Uh, which made me feel even more secure in my theory that it was just going to be Dalton in a disguise. And 
well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till I get to the actual match before I actually say. Um, Aaron Solo came out again to Absolute Crickets. It's fucking tragic, man. Um, Ethan Page just kind of beat the shit out of him, and it was it wasn't very it wasn't very long, and he sold really well though. So, man, it sucks to be Aaron Solo right now. Huh? He's probably just gonna have his contract run out, and they're just using him in Ring of Honor, feeding him to people. Kind of tough. Right? Hopefully, yeah, unless he can get over, but I just don't see it happening. Right, here's the real question: Who's valued more, Serpentico or uh, Aaron Solo? Or Serpentico, hundred percent. That's so crazy, dude. If you told me that a fucking year ago when he was like in the middle of a faction with QT, I'd have been like, I I hope I hate you, but you're probably they were getting right. on TV every single week. Yeah, and they never week, they QT never did a single week. they never did a single thing with that. By the way. Because didn't Hobbs just lose his fucking match that he was in because of that? Like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Penta El Zero Mayo, to, uh, sorry, Penta El Zero Miedo took on El Hio del Vikingo in a uh, pretty, or sorry, took with El Hio del Vikingo took on John Cruz and KM. So I've been wondering about this KM guy for a little while now because he's been on a few Ring of Honors, I believe. And uh, he's a backstage producer at AEW. I found out. So... I think they just said it on the commentary, maybe or something. I I, I forget where where I heard I saw that, but that's uh, that's who he is. So I, I found that out in one way or the other because he produces matches backstage at, at, at AW. So that makes sense that he probably. I'm assuming Charlie, maybe he's a Ring of Honor match producer, and that's why he's on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so they just they need somebody to throw with John Cruz against Penta and El Hio. But I, do you think they're going to do something with them in Ring of Honor? Like maybe they'll take on. Um, the champs, the two of them. I mean, I could see it since Ray Phoenix isn't really available right now. Obviously, you know, it easily could. This just to me strikes as, uh, you know, two likable guys. Let's get them out there in front of the Texas crowd, get people to stay around. Well, Charlie, the Luchador action continued after this. By the way, there wasn't really anything wrong with it, but it wasn't really like a long match. So you know, because it was just John Cruz and KM. So you know, but uh, shout out to Serpentico making it on the show. You know what I mean? Uh, Johnny TV took on Mountain Peacock Man, Charlie. Um. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't write down the Spanish version. I apologize because I was so caught up in this match while watching it that I just. Pavo Real de Montana. Pavo Real de Montana. Uh, Dalton Castle is just it's so funny, and they, they, they Charlie they, they didn't have the match, which I was a little disappointed by, but they then proceeded to have an argument over what the situation was. <laughs> and I want to make sure I get this right. I'm doing the thing where I pause the show briefly so I can make sure that I have the segment correct because I didn't write down a ton in my notes for this because there wasn't like a lot for anything. That was kind of the complaint that I had for you about this Ring of Honor this week was it's just like, even though some stuff got time, it didn't really feel like it did. You know what I mean? Like, um, Basically, he still wants to smash his face. He he was begging for it, for the opportunity. Hold on. I just scrolled by a page like 50 million uh, pages down. But... um. And um, he asked him what he wanted him to do for it. And he said he'd tell him next week. So it, we're, we're, we're drawing it out a little bit more. You know, you got to get that that draw for that Ring of Honor television, you know, guaranteed crown. But like, whatever, you know, like, um, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to intrigue some people. I don't think the average wrestling fan knows that Dalton Castle is one of the best things on wrestling TV right now because it's just nobody's seeing it. Probably, you know, it's kind of sucks. But uh, later on, we had Lexi Nair outside uh, Castle's front dressing room and interviewing him about 
what what he might want next week. And he was kind of like, I don't know. It could be it's worm farm or buckets of perfect blood. And then Castle <laughs> grabbed his chest and Lexi was like, should I call a doctor? And he's like, no, I need cheese. <laughs> and then he climbed into a fucking dryer and then Lexi slammed the door behind. And this segment was hilarious, Charlie. And it was oh, just so good. It was just like, that's why I wanted to make sure I got it. Cause I knew there was some crazy shit that happened afterward. And I was like, what the fuck was it? I can't remember. Cause it was, I didn't write any of it down because it was just so chaotic. It's hard to take notes on something like that. You know what I mean? I'm glad the person at the wrestling was ever actually took good notes on this. Not that they did it. They don't always, but you know, you, you listen to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Um, all right. Billy Starks took on Arya Thorne, which is, you know, anyone named Arya is going to catch our attention because we're some game of Thrones fucking meatheads, but you know, um, pause but um <laughs> but um oh fucking charlie guess what guess what happened again i just gave him a compliment and guess what the fuck happened execution nope they fucking missed their notes again shane taylor was backstage giving one of the best fucking ring of honor television promos of the fucking year talking about how he's underrated and how he needs to be fucking respected more i love shane taylor charlie shane is Shane's got an unbelievable amount of talent, and I, I sometimes I feel like they waste him in ring. They don't understand what they have in Ring of Honor. This guy should be going after Eddie Kingston. Give me that match. Not only did they miss one thing in their notes, Charlie, um, we also had Lexi and Air backstage being brought in by Maria, who had how do you fucking miss this one in your notes? This is a mainline angle on Ring of Honor. Fucking Lexi backstage getting told by Maria to come see what's happening. And I believe it's a fake Serpentico being beaten down. And then uh, Angelico then comes in to try and make the save. And they actually beat down Angelico. And they reveal it's the fake Serpentico with the mask on it. Which, by the way, is the most fucking genius that use of a stolen Lucha mask I could think I've ever seen, Charlie. And this didn't get into the fucking Observer notes. I'm cool with Cole Carter and and Griff Garrison as a team. I'm, 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 I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. How did they not have this in the fucking notes, dude? That's insane. Oh, I hate fucking wrestling observer sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> hire me. Pay me a lot. Like, not even that much money. Except I actually do because I actually fucking do the notes. Like, I can get you better notes. God damn it. I, I don't even need to write the article for him. Just let me give him my notes. And he'd have a more accurate article. Anyway. Um, so, uh, what happened next? Oh, yeah. Billy Starks versus Arya, uh, Arya Thorne, uh, actually. Um, yeah, again, not much here, but, uh, the real story here is Nyla finally coming through after the match and trying to beat down on Billy, but then she points to the top of the ramp and Athena's back and she gets a little bit of revenge on Nyla, who yeah. gets put through the table. Uh, and we did see, cause we were kind of curious about this cause Nyla is obviously a lot larger of a of human being than Athena. Is the forearm still going to have magical powers? And the answer is yes. Um, Boink. So that forearm is like the equivalent of Hangman's lariat, essentially. As it's kind of a finisher for her, almost like against like low level uh, wrestlers, that's like a finishing move. You know what I mean? Um, and it stuns. It's like a stun attack for for other for like big boss monsters. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter lately on my stream, Twitch TV slash Twitch TV slash The Duke of Derps, and I guess Kick TV or Kick dot what the fuck ever slash The Duke of Derps if you like even care about that site. Um, I have one follower over there. One. Just the one. Shout out to that guy, though. Friend. Um, a friend? Um, 
but yeah, so solid stuff there. We had our first four corners match of the week, and I guess these are becoming like a regular thing now. I guess just every week we're going to have a four corners match that's going to help decide the rankings for Ring of Honor every week, you know? Uh, Trisha Dory versus Diamante versus Kiera Hogan versus Layla Hirsch. And uh, Layla ate the pin here. It's a sprint of a match here. Um, yeah. It was caused by her tag team partner. Um, and... Wait, sorry. I think I had screwed up my notes here. I'm going to have to, like, uh, like, I think, hold on. Let me see what I have here. Do we have, uh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have to go off the observer notes and hopefully they didn't fuck it up even any further because I think I fucked up my notes a little bit. Um, anyway, I should have checked this, but I, I thought I had it correct. Usually I don't fuck this up. Um, anyway, Diamante picks up the win here, which I did have written down. Um, <clears throat> And oh wait, no, I have my notes right. I just had like I didn't put like um you know how like there's two separate matches here in a mm. row that are the that are the um Shane Taylor's promotions, Griff Garrison and Cole Carter versus Iron Savages and the infantry. Um I just mixed my notes together on them for some reason. I don't know why. But they're both short is the reason why. So anyway, so yeah, that's the story. Layla East the ten because of uh <clears throat> Rachel. Which is going to play into some kind of story with them in the tournament, which we still don't know the fucking brackets for. Why did we talk about the brackets like two weeks ago if we're never going to get them, bro? even as of a live time um, on Ring of Honor. No brackets. They've only announced one match. What's the first match of the tournament? Queen Aminata takes on J-Rod. Queen Aminata is fucking winning. So, okay, cool. That's the only match we have announced. So, they're probably going to do a classic Ring of Honor thing. Maybe give us some matches Thursday. But, like, dude... I saw a cool uh, stat nugget of uh, uh, Queen Aminata this week. She's wrestled an hour and 27 minutes in the ring, and the next highest is like 38 minutes. That's pretty so, crazy. She has like had a match or two every week for the last like four or five weeks in a in, row In or terms longer. of women's wrestling, let me, let me clarify. But either way, the point is like yeah. she's been wrestling at a rate that we only see wrestlers like Brian Danielson and fucking Kenny Omega and people like that wrestle at. You know what I mean? Like, And she's doing yeah. it at a consistently good level too. She's not had any bad matches. You know who she should... Uh, have we seen her versus Lady Frost yet? No, uh, it was Mariah May that got Lady Frost. Throw her against Lady Frost, bro. That match would be fucking incredible. And they both have something to prove, so... Um, let's see. Yeah, so the match that I had mixed in my notes here was Shane Taylor produ- uh, Productions, uh, Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty and Griff Garrison and Cole Carter. So it's Baby Boys and STP versus Iron Savages and Infantry. And, uh, you know... Before this match, we had a like little backstage segment. Oh, they this is where they put it in their notes. Okay, so that's kind of I don't like that format formatting. You don't put the fucking segment that happened earlier in the show in the notes for a later segment. That's really weird. Anyway, um, sorry, I, I don't mean to like lose full to fucking this observable article this week, but it happens every couple of weeks when I have. But this is why Charlie. Do you know why I don't fucking look at this article half the time? It's because of this right here. Because it pisses me off. Because I actually take the time to take good notes like fucking Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? This week I fucked it up, but most weeks I'm on point. You know what I mean? Like, uh. Anyway, so the point is, cap don't cap. Um, and you know what? Big note here, Charlie. Lee Moriarty picks up the win here. Yep. Are we starting to see the birth of STP and Lee Moriarty starting to get some like 
Are they going to steal Griff or Cole away from Maria? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, who, 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 and for no damn reason, I actually really like the Iron Savages of the Infantry together. I don't know why. There's a deep part of my brain that enjoys no, those think, guys working together. You, you put two really fast-paced, really like uh, pop, like pop-heavy, like offense wrestlers in the Infantry with some like meathead meat meat men. You know what I mean? And you, you know what I mean? Like, and you're going to get some. Yeah. They're like the big meats. Like if you if you split these two teams off into two separate teams, it would actually be perfect. You know what I mean? Not that I don't want them to become two separate teams with the guys being split off, but like if you did that, because you have a big guy and a small guy. You know what I mean? Like anyway, it works. We uh we have uh, Layla and Maria backstage discussing what happened between uh Rachel like costing the match. Uh, I think I have that correct in my notes. Let me make sure. Uh... Whatever. They screwed up all the notes on the Observer shit. So I'm just going to go off what I said. Um, and we also had uh, a, a later segment where Canellis, uh, like with a green mask, was attempted to be like retrieved by Serpentico. And like it just didn't happen. So, you know. Um, oh, that was during the match. Okay, I didn't discuss that. You know what? I don't really care because this match, like the, the four corners women's match, this match, like they, they just like, everything. Charlie, can can we agree? Nothing really gets time on Ring of Honor. So, I, is it worth discussing half the time? Like, yeah. Other right, than like honestly. the notable things that happened out of it, like Lee getting a pin or STP picking up a win, or I, I this next match, same thing. It's like Gravity versus Big Shotty Lee Johnson should feel like a fucking massive match. You know what I mean? Like. They just kind of semi. I described this in my notes as semi-competitive. It didn't really. It was fun and athletic, but it just didn't really feel like the match that I would expect these two guys to have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Gravity's really good, and this is a really big win, I guess, because Grab. But what Gravity doesn't really beat people. He gets beat all the time. It's like the same problem that fucking Commander has. Like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes. Here's something I like to see on Ring of Honor television, though, which is Taya Valkyrie wrestling against Killa Kate. I just like Taya wrestling on this show because it makes it feel a little more like the women's division's a little bit more legit because she's in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess Killa Kate's a longtime friend of Will Washington's, so that's interesting. Um, you know, if you if, you, if, that, if that's interesting to you, um, I mean, this is like a guaranteed win here for Taya. She makes up the win the Shania Payne. And uh, somebody we haven't seen in a while, Charlie, AR Fox took on Willie Mack, Jack Cartwheel, and did I not get the uh, Commander. Oh, yeah, Commander? I didn't write Commander down, but I have him <laughs> written down. Big win here for Commander, <laughs> but I don't have him written as uh, verses. I just forgot to write it down. But yeah, and Commander, and it's a big win for Commander. Again, these four corners matches don't fucking mean anything because they don't get really a lot of time. Jack Cartwheel looks really good, but again, I still think he has some work to do before he gets over. AR Fox is still dead in the water from being dropped from Swerve, and Willie Mack has never had an ounce of belief in him from Tony Khan. So it's like, what do you do with this match? I mean, Commander's winning. It's on paper. It makes sense. Um, Nyla Rose attacks uh, backstage after Athena goes on like a fucking rant of the century. It's one of the best. You know, leave it to Athena to then cut like a. Maybe she saw the earlier cut segment on the show because she saw what Shane Taylor was doing. She's like, fuck, I can do that too. You know, let's cut a crazy promo ourselves. And she did. And then Nyla Rose comes in and says, fuck you. Um, Orange Cassidy was wrestling. Wait, did I, did I move into the wrong show here? Yeah. Orange Cassidy was not wrestling. 
Okay, yeah. So I didn't I didn't write the beginning of fucking Rampage Jam. What was I on this week, bro? I was on Mars writing notes. <laughs> but yeah, that was our main event. The fucking yeah. uh, Nyla Rose, not the main event, but the last segment of the show was Nyla Rose attacking her after the stage. How do I keep forgetting to write the, the closing thing that they ended Ring of Honor with was pretty much them saying the tournament begins next week for the women's TV title, and we got no matches. So, and a way to make us really fucking care. I would love to make a bracket with you right now, and we we do it. But again, there's no point. We're getting in this. We're so, getting in this week, so you know whatever. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that being said, let's get to the AEW stuff, which we covered the beginning of Dynamite. Uh, the second match on the show was John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Claudio Castagnoli defeated Mascara Dorada, Volador Jr., and Hechicero. Hechicero. Um, wow, Mascara Dorada's got the fucking sauce. Holy shit, I really love his overhand chops. Um, this is just a really fun 3v3 match. And uh, we get to see a little bit of Hechicero and Danielson kind of rekindle their awesome match from last week. Star Jr. and Esfinge were on the sidelines this match, which they ended up showing up on uh, Collision. So, um, yeah, I got to tell you, man, I'm digging the Combat Club versus CMLL. It's fun each and every week. Again, they're alluding to them doing something in Arena Mexico, so I'm sure that's going to be cool when that happens. Somebody at Radio Row for the Super Bowl asked Tony Khan if they had interest in CMLL being involved in Forbidden Door, and he just straight up said yes. Yeah, so there you go. Let's I don't know if Tony meant to just say yes to that, but he did, so there's that for you. I'm sure they got mutual interest. Oh, this is my first ever time seeing Volador Jr. as well. I know he's a legend in Mexico, outside of the uh, Rampage main event, but, you know, first time seeing him in this in this match. Um, dude, Volador Jr. kicks ass. Mascara Dorada, dude. He is young. And holy shit. Yeah, the future is bright in wrestling. Bro, it's Metalik. We've believed in Metalik for a while. Like, come no, this on. This is someone new. This is new. Oh, this is really? not the same guy. They yeah. just gave him the same name that they had him wrestling under over there? Yeah, so Mascara Dorada is, uh, he's like 23. So. So that just must just be a moniker over there then. And, um, yeah, this kid's fucking incredible. So I thought that have happened. To... I thought he ran into the same name. Am I losing my shit? Was he called something else? I, they they changed it and they changed it back to Metalik, and I I don't remember um, what his um... name is now. But yeah, Mascara Dorada is he's a young kid, um, who took over the mask like within a year ago. So yeah, uh, really fucking cool to say the least. Post match, Mystico Star Junior and Esfinge came into the ring to have a face off, but uh, Sidell Daniels, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker ran out to even the odds. So, um, someone on commentary had a brilliant line of, uh, I think it was Taz. He's like, yeah, I don't like him. Get him out of here. You know, they're not AEW guys. So, <laughs> they, they literally war. just run under the same name. That's crazy. I didn't think two wrestlers literally could run under the same name like that. I thought there would be like trademark infringement on that yeah. or something like. We'll go, uh, we'll go backstage to Chuck Taylor being laid out by the NSP of the Kingdom. Adam Cole said, get well soon, Chuck. And um, <laughs> someone said, clearly Adam Cole still holds a, a grudge over Chuck Taylor making fun of him all those years on PWG commentary. <laughs> <laughs> someone said, if I were Excalibur, I'd be scared he's next. Oh, shit. Tony Khan's big announcement. He's backstage. He said, fans might have heard earlier today that AEW Dino is coming to the TD Garden in Boston on March 13th. AEW will be big business. One of the most important nights in AEW history and one of the 
and one the entire pro wrestling industry will remember. Fuck yeah, Goldberg. Tickets go on sale this Saturday, and the tickets were fucking cooking. Um, in 12 minutes, they sold out the presale. You think people are excited for Mercedes? Just a little bit. Um, now, I mean, Mercedes- uh, I, I'm going to hold my breath because the tickets aren't moving like they were for CM Punk. Hey, hey. They're doing what they do. Um, I mean, CM Punk, CM Punk. But here's what I will say. And this is Looking what I'm going nice. to continue to say. Mercedes Monet is the greatest women's American wrestler. Like, it's not even close. And the fact that AEW is getting Athena her. Athena better. And the fact that AEW is getting her is unfucking believable. And I, I, when she shows up, it's going to be unreal. And she's my personal favorite women's wrestler of all time. If if that's so, a match, by the way, that's my match uh, that I want. My that's my dream match now is Athena versus this version of Athena versus that version of Mercedes, bro. Come on, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. I could sell. That could that could feed families, bro. Kinosuke Takeshita submitted Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho uh fucking snapped his head off the mat more than once. Massive win for Takeshita. Match went too long. It brought him in the top five, though. Guevara and and Will Hobbs set up their match. Who's this match for? It's for me, motherfucker. I'm actually going to kick ass. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Takeshita uh, submitting Chris Jericho. Cool. I, I, I think Takeshita should have a very special year in AEW. So... Picking up wins over Jericho now, as well as I mean, with Kenny on the show, you need somebody to step up. You know what I mean? Like, and I think Kanosuke can fill that void of athleticism and explosiveness and hard hitting nature. I think he can be the Kenny that we need in Kenny's absence. Yeah. So it was a Avalanche Blue Thunderbomb for a close two. He hit a power drive knee. Jericho blocks it, gets gets it into the wall walls of Jericho. Uh, Callus threw a chair into the ring to distract the ref. Um, he popped Jericho. Callus then cracks a Jericho with a screwdriver to catch the locks in the walls of Jericho. And uh, he ends up switching to a lion tamer. Lion tamer and Jericho taps immediately. So, <laughs> guys, I love Kanosuke to catch Let me just throw that out there. I fucking love him. So, if you can't tell, I can't even believe I've gone this late into the show without mentioning it. Phoenix crowd, you guys were fucking awesome. You guys were awesome. You really did a great job. Um, so, yeah, Duke, any any thoughts on this match? And, and, and just, I don't know. What do we do with Jericho from here? What the uh, hell happens next? Any thoughts? Nope, head empty. Watch Japanese man beat Jericho up. Exactly. Fucking exactly. Main event. AEW tag team titles in a tornado tag main event. Sting and Darby Allen defeat Ricky Starks and Big Bill. <clears throat> Dude. 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 How this many laws of cool. nature were, were broken by the fact that this match was as badass as it was? Like, this match had no business. The send-off for Ricky and Bill being this, like, like ma- massive has, like, no offense to them. But, like, as a tag team run, it's not been that great. But this big of a send-off and going to, like, somebody who hasn't even held a championship in AEW 
and like i just like what is what planet are we on remember that sting quote from last week talking about i've seen a lot of dangerous men in the ring etc cetera, etc cetera. big bill you're not one of them brother big bill was the best worker in this match i are you kidding me big bill where the fuck has this been that's right. You got an opportunity. It's always been there. No, 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 no. We 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 saw glimpses of this when Enzo got hurt. Glimpses. No, we saw glimpses. We thought we were going to get a world title shot for this guy. They just didn't believe hard enough in the, in the backstage. But if Vince hadn't been in charge, and if it had been Triple H's WWE then, bro, I think they would have fucking made Big Bill the world champion then. Like, no cap. Like, And I'll tell you this. Big Bill looked like a fucking monster against Darby Allen. Big Bill looked like a god against Sting. And it fucking works, man. It really works. Now, unfortunately, I can't remember a single thing Ricky Starks did in this match. Someone had to look a little loose. Uh, he hit a cool. He hit a cool uh, spear on Sting that I re- remember that I really liked. But um, he got hit with the Scorpion Death Drop. He got pinned. Sting is a world champion in AEW. He's he's a tag team champion. His sons hopped the rail. They celebrate with their dad on the apron. God, his sons look his sons look fucking yoked, by the way. Holy shit. Especially the tall one. Yeah, that guy looks like a fucking movie actor. Starks is very dejected looking. Taz asks what this means. Sting is set to retire next month. Confetti rains down. Matthew and Nicholas Jackson show up in white suits. Baseball bats. They're beating the hell out of Sting and Darby. They're beating up Sting's sons. Darby split open. The blood is getting all over the Buck suits. They hit the EVP trigger. The EVP trigger. Fucking Excalibur put this thing over like a million dollars. He's like, no guys, they met with me earlier. He told me that their reputation's destroyed. They told me it's no longer the BTE trigger. The EVP trigger's been hit. Bat shots to the ribs. They stand tall. They're covered in Darby Allen's blood. Sting's sons are looking helpless. Their father just won a tag team title. His first title in like 13 years or whatever the fuck it was. And the Young Bucks look like gods among men as they lay waste and they're covered in blood. They hold up the tag team titles. Oh my god, what a closing fucking segment to an awesome title match. Uh, just just give me some of your thoughts on this, and then we're gonna we're gonna run through the uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks tag title reign. But holy fuck, what a closer to dynamite! Sting dove off the stands again. He's like gonna again. die doing that. Um, we gotta do it one more time, right? <laughs> I guess, right? Yeah, fuck. Hopefully, it's not the last shit. Yeah, well, it will be the last, but um, but that's okay because Sting needs to fucking stop before he does die, um, or before he can't walk again into his seventies. You know what I mean? Like, um, not that he was unable to walk before, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, just a really crazy match. Uh, like I said, it had no business being this good. Ricky and Bill send off. Now again, I'm not shitting on them. I'm saying like they didn't do anything with this, and the fact that this gets this, like, where the fuck was this with the Lucha Bros when their title reign ended? Like, what the hell, like? That, I mean, I guess Jungle Boy and them had a pretty good match with them, but still, like, I, I whatever. God, remember when Christian Cage was still a good guy? God, crazy times. Good man, Cage. Um, just the closing segment though with with the Young Bucks. We talk about we love these cliffhanger endings. 
I mean, my God. I mean, man. I was expecting this to happen, either this or them to, like, have, like, a video or, like, them to have, like, a backstage segment where they were like, oh, they're looking on. Like, I, I was expecting this to be the direction because we've been kind of like. Oh, yeah. No, that's – I totally agreed. But the way they fucking did it was perfect. And and I don't know if Darby was cut open beforehand or if they just said if that was the plan the whole time and they went I would with assume it. it was the plan because they, they seem to make a big deal out of – later in the week they made a big deal out of the suits, you know? So, I mean, but – Really, really well done. Um, the EVP trigger is 10 out of 10. And um, let's get into Big Bill and Ricky Stark's tag title reign. 123 days. They held it for a long time. That's a long title reign. How'd they get the title reign? On collision number 17, they beat FTR in 4 minutes and 45 seconds. The most abrupt end to a glorious title reign I've ever seen in my entire life. And that was the definition of putting these guys over. And, you know, two weeks go by, they defend against Claudio Castagnoli and Weirdo Yuta in a good match. This was a good match in Memphis, Tennessee, collision number 19. And um, a little bit of time goes by. You know, we're setting up that they're defending their titles at full gear. And um, it's about a month later. It's a four-way ladder match. In between then, time started going by a little bit. We're like, man, this title reign's moving a little slow, but we'll let it happen. They defeat the Kings of the Black Throne, La La Faxione Gobernable, and FTR in a pretty well-done four-way ladder match um, at full gear 2023. About two months go by. They defeat Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Battle of the Belts 9. In a match that, I, I mean, look. Getting to the match fucking took forever. But we finally got the match. And I think the match itself did deliver. There was some really cool backstage stuff that they brought in. And, you know, really, uh, Sammy Guevara doing life-threatening bumps will always kind of pop you. But... Oh, wait, 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 what does that mean? And then a month later, they lose the belts to Darby Allin and Sting in, in probably the best match that these titles were involved in. And I just don't think 123 days later, these guys are better off for this tag title run. And and that hurts to say because, now look, I am glad Ricky Starks won gold in this company because I don't know when his contract's up, but I, I, I don't envision him staying, sadly, as much as I love the guy. And, you know, Big Bill is... God, he's already had a litany of fucking tag teams partners in this company, and he finally won gold, so he was going to be able to run with this for a while. But overall, wasn't a great title reign. And, and you know, this is the greatest tag t- title, in honestly, on the planet. It's it's always the highest rated. It's had the best title reigns. I've, I've got the perfect way to describe this, dude. Ricky Starks hey. was on TV on Collision every week for months when CM Punk was in charge of Collision. Take that to mean what you will, right? As soon as he won these tag team titles off of FDR, he was instantly on collision, significantly less. He was even on AEW television, significantly less. He barely made pay-per-views. This guy got demoted to the tag team division. That's that's what happened. And, and a tag team division that's always booked great. He fucking... They, and they and as somebody who loves Ricky and both Big Bill both in this company and what they, they, they were doing... They were even on World's End. The fact that I that I'm able to say that is really disappointing to me as a fan of both guys and a fan of FTR because that means the FTR's title ring was truly thrown into the dirt. 
And you know what? They did such a good thing by letting him beat him so fast. And they shouldn't have lost it to him. They fucking shouldn't have. And it it, it just sucks, man. This this is the most missed. The truth is, though, there was no one else for them to lose them to. That that's the problem. The tag team division is stacked, but there's nobody that's been established enough to challenge for these titles, even within the rankings. So it's like, what the hell do you do? I had Alcy open win it at Wrestle Dream, but it just they got hurt, so they would have just vacated the title. It's just unfortunate. It it. It to me is just going to be kind of the saddest tag title reign I think that I can remember. In uh, yeah, I mean the Young Bucks had a two week reign, and I really didn't like the Lucha Bros reign. But at least in that reign we had some fun matches. It's just like it's just let's hope these tag titles can get back on track. And I think main eventing, you know, the first pay per view of the year with the tag titles is a really good start. So that being said, let me run through Rampage. We had United Kingdom, um, United Kingdom, Undisputed Kingdom. Uh, Project Strong, Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven defeat the best friends, Orange Cassidy, oh, and Rocky Taven. Romero. Uh, pretty good opener. Very abrupt finish. This this ended, like, kind of out of nowhere. Um, end of heartache on Romero. And, uh, yeah, Matt Taven uh, got the pin. So, it was really random. It didn't involve Matt Orange Taven Cassidy is truly all. the tablecloth. We had a match where Orange Cassidy didn't tag in. That wait, really? Yes. What? How did I not fucking notice that? Uh, or okay, Orange Cassidy technically tagged in, but Roderick Strong wanted no part of him, so it was like a fucking mixed like. Oh, oh, oh! So he he pulled he pulled the fucking uh, the the what the fuck is the name of uh of uh Jake Gyllenhaal's character in fucking Spider Man Two fucking uh, Mysterio yeah Mysterio he pulled the, you don't want any part of this, and so do with that what you will. Very weird finish. Young Bucks came out with their new entrance. They're fucking flexing their millionaire money. Their private jet. They're covered in Darby Allen's blood. And the music is from Succession. It's a, it's a take on Succession. It's the, it's their new music. These sons of bitches, man. They fucking know what they're doing. They hit the EVP trigger on Mando Rocks and Robbie Litt. Post-match, they give a Tony Khan-type speech. They <laughs> call us by our God-given names. Thank you very much! I mean, it was fucking... It was, it was brilliant. Exactly what it needed to be. Young Bucks are here to fucking save the tag division. And uh, yeah, honestly, I, as time goes on, I think there's a chance that maybe they aren't winning this pi- this belts and it might be a tournament. That's that's a fucking a can of worms will open when we get closer to the pay-per-view. I'm just going to tell you right now, three weeks out from the show, I do not want that. Nah. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, the first team announced for the tournament. Uh, yeah. Mystico takes, defeats Matt Seidel. Dude. This is just fun. This was so much fun. Um, Matt Seidel does so well with these Lucha Libre guys, and uh, he never looks out of place. Mystico was having a blast. Um, they do have some history. They battled in WWE as part of a no-countout bout on June 2011 in Raw as Sin Cara and Evan Bourne. And look at him now. So kind of a cool little uh, neat thing. And um, really, Matt Seidel on a streak of great matches still. I Give this Great guy start. 
great an start opportunity here for him. Have we had him throw? Have we have we had him versus Orange Cassidy yet this year? If not, just throw him against him. Fuck it, they could have yeah. a great match. You know what I mean? I was about to say maybe he can do the junior tournament in Japan, but you know what? He's probably not going back to Japan, considering he nah, got arrested. He's oh, but he got arrested <laughs> in Japan. He was stuck in a Japanese prison for a weed pen. Yes, nice. That'll fucking that'll probably <laughs> that'll do years to a man. Um, Renee catches up with Brian Cage and Prince Nana. Again, we're doing Brian Cage and Hook. I, I, I don't know, man. Do you want Brian Cage and Hook? I guess it's something. No. Yeah. Main event, Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander defeats Soraya and Ruby Soho. As, as funny as this match was to set up last week, I don't think the match necessarily delivered. Uh, the whole... It was just all about Angela Parker's note to, to Ruby Soho, which inevitably turns her on Soraya. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited for the next match because that actually will be good. It has to do with Sky Blue appearing with a new big tattoo on her arm, um, which is what people thought it was, at least, whether it's paint, a tattoo. I guess we're going to find out, right? Julia Hart. Um, it's a tablecloth. Julia Hart and Sky Blue against Willow Knight and Gill and Chris Statlander <laughs> was set up. I think that's fun. I would prefer... Willow to be going after the championship if we're doing that at the pay-per-view. Just throwing that out there. I don't I don't need Statlander going for the title again. <clears throat> Note for next week, Rampage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's all we got for next week's Rampage right now. And, um... Yeah. Let's jump over to AEW Collision! Number 33. Saturday! Um, yeah, the cold open is so dead and buried. We had to bring, we had to bring out Triple H, brother, to fucking brother. Hulker, Hulkster's back to let you know that Triple H is coming out to bury this, 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 this cold open. All right. Um, so I don't know why Hulkster keeps coming into the show this week, boys. It's, it's something that it's, it's, it's the old podcast vibes. Remember we used to always have Hulkster invade the pod, bro. That was crazy. Um, you do a run it. You do a run in there, brother. Um, sometimes you just got to do it to him. I, I'm waiting for, for Paul Smackage versus fucking Sexton Hardcastle. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet, but, um, uh, Esfinge and Star Jr. took on Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley. <clears throat> this is a very hard hitting and, uh, it's, you know, it's some super hard hitting guys versus some super talented Lucha superstar wrestlers is what I wrote in my notes, um, which I think is a good way to describe it. There's very cool co- uh, pinning combinations that were achieved in this match. I think these two have some interesting stuff about them. I, I think I told you when we talk, we were watching this match that I want to see Esfinge versus uh, Brian Danielson because of the kicks that he can do. Um, yeah. And John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli uh, pick up the win here. And then they're like, like, who the fuck can challenge us? We're just too badass. You know what I mean? And Charlie... It's fucking FTR. Um, yeah. 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 Dummy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) How did we not see this coming? And with some Uh, nice uh, synergy there, their partner, Daniel Garcia, took on fucking Shane Taylor? Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor. Who? Um, Again, Shane Taylor in a match. He can't possibly win, Charlie. Anyway. Um, this is basically like, you know what this match would have been on if it wasn't on AEW? It's be a PWG match, brother, you know? Um, yeah. But like, 
it's very hard shots from Shane. They actually gave him a, a, quite a bit here, I think. This is actually a good match from Shane. It's probably one of the better matches we've seen from Shane so far this year. Um, which is most of the stuff we've seen from Shane's been good. This is just, I think, the best one so far. Definitely his best singles match so far this year, I think. Um, <laughs> and I think they worked really well together. And uh, the big note that we had while watching this was that this was Daniel doing a lot more submissions than he's been doing since he's been doing the sports entertainer thing, which I think is appropriate for the story they've been telling with him for like the last year about whether he's going to be a wrestler or a sports entertainer. Just become a fucking wrestler already and defeat Danielson and become the lord of the technical wrestling and then challenge the champion, Zack Sabre Jr., for the crown. That's all you have to do, Daniel. Just just believe in yourself. Um, Eddie Kingston was backstage calling out Brian Danielson for a match at AW Revolution. I'm in. So, Charlie... They did it again. Pine Gage defeated the Outrunners. <clears throat> Yo, nah, the Outrunners fucked someone's wife. The Outrunners? The Outrunners sacri- fucked somebody's wife. Brian Cage decimated them and sacrificed the spare parts to the Moon God, bro. This was just decimation. Hold on, hold on. It wasn't just the Outrunners. Chance the Gilla Monster, the mascot for the Vegas Golden Knights, was there, too. Put some fucking respect. <laughs> some fucking respect on him. No. Um, <laughs> Ishii. <laughs> Ishii. Fuck the, fuck the Golden Knights. My team beat them. Anyway. Uh, Ishii was spoken to by the Undisputed Kingdom. Do you think he understood a word? <laughs> yeah. No, he did. No, he oh, definitely understood. He just does, didn't know. I, mean, I, I think he even speaks English. He just doesn't care. You know what I mean? I don't. I can't remember ever hearing him talk. I don't think he does. I think it's part of his stone pitbull. He just thing, broke you know? my brain. Has Ishii ever spoken? <laughs> I, I can't remember. Adam Copeland cut a promo. Uh, it said, fuck you to Nigel McGuinness for always, uh, you know, uh, doing tricks on the meat of fucking Christian Cage. Um, That's crazy. That's crazy, but it's so true. This guy's a magician. No, this guy gets it all, dude. No, he's a magician. He's doing magic tricks on that fucking shit. Anyway, um, Fuck. <laughs> sorry. Um, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, what's next for me? Championships? Nah, dog. It's time for Daniel Garcia, brother." He's challenging him, Adam Copeland, to see who's going to... And Adam Copeland, you know what he said to him, Charlie, when Daniel Garcia made it come out and made the challenge? He said he liked him, but he's going to beat his ass next week. Yes. Willow, yeah. Willow and uh, Chris were also on this show, just backstage, saying, hey, you know, we, we got to address this challenge that was made by Sky and Julia. And they do. And Stokely was a kind of a... This is kind of the segment we were talking about. This is where Stokely was a baby face here, so... Yeah. Good stuff from Stokely. Um, a match I did not see coming this week, Charlie. Uh, by the way, if you wanted to stop me at any point to go back to do something, if I just blew past, because did you oh, want to talk nope. about like okay, yeah, Brody King, uh, and Mark Briscoe. Uh, this was a good match. I didn't expect to see this this week, but it was good. Um, it was painful. They did some pretty rough stuff here to Mark Briscoe. Um, they tried to introduce the table at one point, which did end up becoming a factor later, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I can't remember. Um, did Mark go through it, or did they just nix the table? Can't remember. Uh, uh yes um, he did go through it okay i couldn't remember anyway the barks were in for brody um 
there was oh yeah no 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 the table yeah I literally put a table became factor later I, I it was in my head because sometimes when I write something in my notes I like I take note of it in my head as well but sometimes I can't remember if I like, sometimes like, I literally just can't see it in my notes I swear to God but um yeah he got dumped off the table the turnbuckle into it. yeah I remember I thought that was a good spot and then there was like just a fucking brutal Gonzo bomb for the win um and then they sliced Mark Briscoe open so Julia Hart comes down with him to the ring and then she just walks up to fucking Mark Briscoe and slices his ass open he was losing a lot of fucking blood Charlie it was crazy brilliant touch yep bounty hunter Brian Keith cut a promo and I thought he actually did a pretty good job of explaining his character a little bit here and showing off what his style is gonna be and he's kind of got that sort of like fucking I don't know what energy you would call it but like you know how um uh, the guy in Django and Chain looks like on like some of the like material like promoting it like you know what I mean like yeah um or like some of the old like old school I don't know if you've ever seen any of the stuff that inspired like the old school Django thing like that was like a thing at one point like I I've looked back a little bit into the history of that not really briefly just something I watched like showed like all the you know comparisons or whatever between stuff and uh it was just really interesting. I, I don't think that's the energy necessarily he's going for. He's just going for that Western wrestling sort of energy that we kind of lack. Like Hangman's the only one I can think of in mainstream wrestling that does it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, did you have any other thoughts on the Brian, Brian, uh, yeah, Brian Key thing? How many fucking Bryans do we have in AEW at this point? Yeah, we got a shitload. Um, no, I, th- I thought this was uh, well done. And, um, you know, I, I think... Brian Keith being one of the new quote collision guys is going to be a good sign. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Keith's got a lot of potential and I, I, last week I was saying, I, I would have been down if he beat, uh, he did the yeah. male side of the, of the, of the, uh, Queen Aminata thing. They just threw the two of them. They, maybe cause they've used them on ring of honor. They just threw both of them on and said, Hey, if you want to want a fucking contract, just work your ass off and all these matches we give you. And guess what? You'll get a fucking contract. And guess what they did? So, Sure enough. Good shit, you know? Yeah, it works. It works for me. It, uh, yeah, I, you know, something I, I keep getting stuck on too is, uh, you know, Mark Briscoe there, that, this is working for me. The Mark Briscoe and, and, the House of Black yeah. and, and how we beat him too. It, it's really working for me. So, because yeah, what happened, what, what you do. Oh. Maybe the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I'm telling you what you do because Malachi hasn't lost a match in a while. And I know people are going to bitch if the first singles match he rests is Malachi loses. But if Mark Briscoe beats Malachi Black, dude, oh, yep. my God. Yeah. 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 No, no, he, yeah. Um, so, Kira Hogan took on Deanna Perrazzo. They had some history from the time that Taylor ran. I always forget that Kira Hogan was technically an impact knockout. Like, I just forget that from time to time because she seems like such an AEW women's wrestler to me. But, eh, they did some pretty good stuff here, um, like, in the ropes. And then, you know, she locked her pretty up uh, uh, quickly in the uh, Venus. It's Venus de Milo, right? Um, that I believe so. submission that she uses that's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, Venus, Venus de Milo. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then we had another back. We had back to back women's. Wait, we had back to back women's matches on the show. When has that ever happened? That's crazy. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, I'm saying like when did they ever? Oh no, yeah, no, no. It, it, it's yeah. Uh, Queen Aminata took on Tony Storm, and and this was an AW Women's Championship Eliminator, I believe. I'm pretty sure. At the very least, if she beats her here, regardless, yes. I think like she gets the title match, regardless. So like. Um, like that has to put you up the rankings if you beat the fucking champion, even in a non-title match. But uh, oh, 
the important note here between these <clears> matches <throat> is there's no collision next week. Yes, good point. Thank you for pointing that out. So, um, uh, NBA All Star Weekend. This is a first. Uh, I, again, I just it's probably a good idea in the long run just to do it this way and, and not you know fucking book a collision that they can't you know. So collision taking a week off. I think that's why we're getting such big, high-profile matches on Dynamite, which we'll get into after this uh, women's match. But yeah, Tony Storm and Queen Amanada. Like you mentioned, Kevin Kelly with that stat about the match time was pretty pretty nutty. Like He just knows how to add perfect little bits like that. It's something he used to do in New Japan all the time, and it, it was the best part of New Japan commentary because he had all those little fucking stats, and he still has them, so they're great. Um, I think Tony Storm has mastered this new like old-school wrestling sort of technical style. She's like a technician now. It's wild. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but she's also kind of like does like the same kind of thing like Simon Gotch would do, where he just is like a strong man, but he's small. You know what I mean? Like, um, so uh, it's really cool. This fucking character has reached new levels of insanity, and uh, her nose was busted open. There was a really nice near fall for Queen Aminata at one point in this match. Um, the timing was perfect on every spot in this match, and I think that was very about because of both of them. By the way, there was an AEW um, segment this week. I forget what it was called. With AEW close up with Queen Aminata, go watch that segment if you ever wanted to like root for somebody, not just because they, like you like them as a wrestler, but because of their story. Go listen to that. Did you ever watch that? By the way, uh, when I sent, I you? haven't gotten around to it. No, it's incredible. Like. Um, I would seriously, I'm, I, there's no way I'm not rooting for Queen Aminata forever now after watching that. Um, so, and I think people would think the same way. I wish they would have promoted that more, but anyway, the, the big thing we got out of this was, uh, she cut a promo afterward and she said next week on Dynamite, she was losing her shit while cutting this promo, by the way, she was like rolling around in the ring and shit like that and making fucking crazy comments. But then she announced the new film for Dynamite called Wet Ink. Hmm. Now, Charlie, is it wet ink as in wet ink on a paper, or is it wet ink as in wet incorporated? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Come on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then that, after that was the main event of Tomohiro Ishii, or Tomohiro Ishii, whichever you prefer, versus Orange Cassidy for the AW International Championship, which was awesome. So, that being said, damn, we cu- how did we cut an hour? How did we cut half an hour out of the show this week? What the fuck? <laughs> we didn't have... Uh- extra fucking two hours or a whole hour compared to our recent shows. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, People are going to be starting. Yeah, it, was, it was just a, uh, it was a thinner week this week. And overall, I think that just cause it was thinner. I think it was a good week. Um, next week on dynamite guys, it was, it was shorter, but we knew how to use it this week. Hey, Hey, it's all about the motion of the ocean there, baby. All right. The young bucks versus top flight, Adam Copeland versus Daniel Garcia. John Moxley versus Dox Harwood. Sky Blue versus Willow Nightingale. Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven in a Texas death match. It's not for the title. That's my bad from earlier. I'm Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. We'll hear from Hangman Page, Samoa Joe, and Swerve Strickland. And Tony Storm's latest film premiere, Wet Ink, which I personally am a star in, so fuck you. Um, no. Hey. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys, for hanging out with us this week. Um. This is, a, this is a fun show. Uh, we, we love doing it every week. And yeah, no collision next week. So I don't know. We'll probably get the show, we'll probably get the show to you much earlier if I'm guessing. So uh, let's hope there's some big news this week. Or guys, we're going to have a 60-minute show. So 
Thank you very much. Um, first opening matches in Ring of Honor on the women's t- TV title tournament. So that should be cool, actually. So if you guys are all fans of Ring of Honor, that'll be fun to watch. Tony Khan said this week Ring of Honor is currently getting more viewers than their Madison Square Garden show. Show us the numbers, please. Because if that's true, if Ring of Honor is getting like 50K viewers, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. If Ring of Honor is pulling in like 100K, bro, I, I imagine it's like fucking 5,000 people. That, 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 that subscription is pretty fucking good. Like, that's a pretty good. I yeah, mean, 10 bucks. That, I mean, straight up. So. If it, I, I am that's the kind of thing like, that could help Tony Khan a shit ton of negotiations because he'd be like, no, not only do I think my property of AEW has valuable streaming rights, I got proven track record of starting my own streaming service and making it work. Like, yeah. So, thanks guys for checking this out with us. Uh, we will see you next week where uh, we got Dax Harwood versus John Moxley, the uh, the match of our 2022 wrestlers of the year. So, thanks again. Take care.